0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: Hey, this is Dan Savage and you're listening to the Savage Lovecast, the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love, that runs hopefully in an alternative weekly newspaper near you. Uh, you download this every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage or iTunes downloads it automatically for you and you don't have to bother. Uh, the phone number here if you'd like to record a question for this or a future podcast is 206-201-2720. We're now entering week three of the Larry Craig scandal fallout. And uh, on behalf of all gay Americans everywhere, I just want to say that, uh, by and large, we're not the ones, the homos, the fags, we're not the ones having sex in airport restrooms. Uh, It's usually straight-identified, closeted... Guys who, you know, maybe they're a little bit bi, maybe they're 100% gay and closet all their lives, but they usually have wives and children at home who are very distressed to learn that daddy's given blowjobs in airport toilets. Of course, there are some gay guys who do like to trawl bathrooms and and give sex and, you know, give blowjobs in airport toilets, but they are to the gays what Civil War reenactors are to the straights. They're kind of living in the past, they're a little bit regarded as a little bit weird and off and they have this weird nostalgia for a very ugly time in the life of the nation the gay guys who are blowing people in airport bathrooms have really weird nostalgia for a time when the only place you could have sex if you were gay was toilets uh, or bathhouses. um and we you know most gay people sort of regard them as charming anachronisms and uh slightly uh off and freaky and also lucky occasionally because sometimes they get to blow very good-looking closeted college students in college bathrooms. Anyway, moving on. Let's get to a call.
2: Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old straight male, and I have a question about distance in relationships. Um, I have been seeing a girl for about 10 months. We yes, started dating 10 months ago. We, we have been living together for eight months um, and have a very healthy sexual relationship, have sex all the time are really attracted to each other um have just started getting interested in sex toys and talking about uh, various kinks and you know we listen to your podcast all the time together and talk about it um but she is going abroad for this this semester in college um and it'll be she'll be away for about 3 months and i'm wondering what would be some ways for us to keep our sexual life which is really important in our relationship alive and kind of thriving together hopefully
1: jesus christ there are people who are waving goodbye to spouses and husbands and wives uh, who are heading over to iraq and afghanistan for 15 month tours you're only going to be apart for three fucking months uh and you're not in the army and she's in the army and she's not going to get uh sent home in a body bag. So you look on the bright side. It's just 12 fucking weeks. What can you do over 12 fucking weeks to keep the sexual connections strong, to keep your sex life alive and thriving? Nothing. Your sex life is not going to be alive and thriving. If you're monogamous, your sex life is going to be on hold in a state of suspended animation. Your masturbatory life can be alive and thriving, and you can each play a role in each other's masturbatory life in that sort of consolation prize sex that people who are going to be long distance for a short period of time sometimes do. You know, phone sex, dirty notes, dirty letters, dirty pictures zapping back and forth. Uh, Thank God you're going to be separated now, or you're lucky to be separated now, not separated 10, 15, 20 years ago for three short months. You can send each other, you know, phone pictures, you can webcam, Uh, you can cam together online and masturbate and look at each other, even if you can't touch each other. surely if you're listening to the show and you're using sex toys uh you know about the options that you have i think you just want to hear the sound of your own voice on the podcast which is fine here you are i like to hear the sound of my own voice on the podcast but the options are many the time you're going to be apart is short and uh you shouldn't whine and bitch and moan about it you should also you know get a job at mcdonald's save up a little money and go see her for a week wherever the fuck she's going
0: Hi, Dan. I'm a 21-year-old 21, 21 female. Um, I'm calling with a question um, that relates to the last podcast that you had. There was a woman who was uncomfortable with porn uh, because it made her jealous or whatever her reasons were. Um, I have a problem, sort of, uh, along those lines. Um uh, I'm not a typical woman. I love porn. Um, I'll watch it on my own when I'm masturbating, um, and that's all fine by me. Um, my boyfriend uh, also loves porn, being a guy, <laughs> uh, and that's also fine by me. Uh, I don't mind if he watches it by himself um, or when we're having sex together. Uh, my question for you really comes up when we are having sex together and uh, I feel that he has too much interest in the porn and not enough interest in me. Um, I don't know if I'm drawing a weird line here, um, because obviously I told him, hey, let's watch porn. He's all for that. Um, But then he um, kind of won't look at me or will sort of consent to you know, let me do whatever I want with him, but as long as he can see the porn. Um, so sometimes when this happens, I feel like, well, am I just you know, a better hand to, for him to masturbate with or something, but I don't know. I mean, uh, the porn was my idea or I agreed to it. Um, I don't know if I'm being an over-controlling bitch or if this is something that could actually be a problem uh, and where you draw the line uh, for that.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, And those words are not, you're an over-controlling bitch. I don't think you're an over-controlling bitch. What's going on here, though, is you are his other right hand. You are playing the part of his right hand, assuming he's right-handed, during his porn-fueled masturbation sessions. Um, He's incorporated you into uh, his masturbatory routine as a masturbatory aid while he focuses on the porn. Um, that clearly rubs you the wrong way. Uh, and so what you have to reconcile yourself to, or he has to reconcile himself to, or one or the other of you has to reconcile yourselves to, uh, is making one of these choices. Either there's no porn on when you're together and you're supposed to be having sex together, or you, um, change your expectations. Like, you're disappointed, you're not satisfied with what's going on, because you have expectations of how he should interact with you and how he should behave when you guys are having sex. But if you can approach this as, we're not having sex, he's masturbating, and I'm along for the ride, and if that turns you on, and that does turn some people on, I know plenty of people who, you know, I've heard from plenty of people over the years, and I've written to people, and I've dated people who... Uh, enjoy uh, servicing someone when the focus is totally off them as they service someone. For instance, you know, uh, I've known guys who enjoy going down on somebody while that other somebody watches porn and completely ignores them, and they're kind of out of picture, and they kind of function as, uh, you know, the right hand or a substitute or something in addition to the right hand, and they get turned on by being treated... uh in that sort of dehumanizing way, um, and be treated as a sex aid. You clearly do not. But what I would challenge you on is you don't, because you approach these uh, porn-inclusive masturbation sessions with him as if they're sex, but if you approach them as if he's masturbating and you're helping, maybe you could derive some pleasure from that. If you can't, if that does not work for you, you need to turn off the goddamn computer or television set or wherever you're getting the porn from at those moments because it, it rubs you the wrong way. And if it, it if it always will, you know, you shouldn't have that be part of the program.
2: Dan Savage, I just got done listening to the podcast, and I have to say I'm really surprised to hear about your disinterest in porn. See, I, for one reason or the other, a longtime reader, have been under the impression that you really dig porn. In fact, so much so that I thought that I bribed you into answering one of my questions once by sending semi, you know, softcore porn images to you. So, what gives? You're not a porn guy. You just mentioned that you like getting images of readers sporadically. For what?
1: Perhaps I should have been clearer when I said I didn't like porn. I don't like what comes to mind when you say the word porn out loud, which is moving images, which is pornography, which is videotapes, which are films where there's bright hot lights shining up people's ass cracks where bright hot lights were never meant to shine uh, and a lot of glistening mucus sort of being pummeled in or out of somebody uh, and a lot of close-ups of uh, genitalia. That I don't like. Hot people with their clothes off, still images, that I like. I guess that's technically porn too. I guess that was porn for millennia before we invented the moving image. Uh, but when I say I don't like porn, what I mean is I don't like I don't like movies. I don't like uh, porn flicks. I guess I do like still images. I have to admit, I don't really beat off over them. I, I enjoy looking at them. I also like to watch Hawkeyes walk down the street. I guess that's moving. Around. I don't beat off over that. It's not really pornography. Um, not being defensive, just trying to be honest, just trying to, 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 to clarify here. I did enjoy the images that you sent me. You're welcome to send me more. But uh, please, no, uh, no YouTube videos, no XTube videos, no Jeff Striker videos, no Bellamy videos. That I can live without.
0: Hi, Dan. I'm calling with a question about anal sex. Um, my boyfriend and I are both in our early 40s, and we're both very much in love and very much GGG, and we like to have anal sex a lot. Um, but And the way that we like it is I like it when he forces it in without any lube, and I was wondering, in the long run, if we continue to do this, is that kind of bad for my body um, and my butt? Um, or is it okay? I mean, I, we like it, you know, it's, I guess it's it's play kinky. It's kinky and it's play, um, but it feels really good for that. Just a little bit of pain in the beginning, I really like it. But is that bad?
1: One of the things we don't like to talk about when we talk about anal sex, and there's so much we don't like to talk about when we talk about anal sex, uh, is rectal mucus because it sounds like uh, butt snot, which is actually kind of what it is. It's this butt snot that allows your hard, firm, fiber-packed, if you have a sensible diet poops, to just go hurtling along your lower GI and out your butt um, without dragging your colon along with them. Now, when you say you're not using lube, that's not entirely true, if you're with somebody in a long-term monogamous uh, relationship and you're not using condoms uh, for anal sex, it's amazing how little lube you actually require uh, for anal sex. If you go very slow, uh, you know there's rectal mucus uh, down there. If you have a lot of foreplay, you're going to be sweating. Uh, you're going to be damp. Um, his dick will very likely be wet and uh, there will be pre present pre-cum, sweat, and rectal mucus, and perhaps sometimes a little spit, that is, uh, lube enough for many people who, uh, have anal sex in established, long term, monogamous, uh, at least penetratively speaking monogamous relationships so you know you are uh having anal sex with lube you're just not having anal sex with lube you bought down at uh babeland or come as you are or good vibrations or uh anywhere else any of those other fine purveyors of anal loops um is it are you gonna hurt your body if you do it Recklessly, you know, if you if he jams it in there faster than your body can welcome it, yeah, you can hurt yourself. You can get an anal fissure, which is not fucking pleasant, uh, and you can damage those sensitive tissues. It can also be a little bit of bleeding because those tissues tend to have blood vessels very close to the surface, and if you grind away at them without lube, there may be a little more bleeding. It doesn't sound like you're going to do yourself permanent damage. It sounds like you know your body and you know what your body can take, and it sounds like the Painful aspect of this is it is, is as much symbolic uh, as it is uh, fully realized that you 're kind of getting off on the idea that he 's you know violating the standard anal sex good advice train which says lots of lube you can 't have too much lube tons and tons of lube. Um, but you've discovered, as many people do discover, uh, who have anal sex with established partners uh, who are monogamous, who have been tested and have the same sero status when it comes to HIV as they do. Am I qualifying this enough for everybody? So under the circumstances, under your particular circumstances, what you're doing isn't safe. uh, And so long as you're paying close attention to your body and the feedback it's giving you, you will probably, most likely, I give you every possible assurance, but with a caveat, you're probably not going to do yourself any harm if you haven't already harmed yourself already. Good luck with the butt.
3: Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 34-year-old straight woman in the Boston area, and I wanted to get your thoughts on something. Um, I've been dating someone for about three years. The first two years of our relationship were extremely tumultuous, filled with all kinds of lies and deceit, but a lot of really great sex. Um, The past year or so, we've gotten our shit together, and we've developed a very trusting relationship. Things are good. There's no drama, um, but not so much with the great sex. So I'm wondering what's happened. Um, I don't expect you to tell me that, but I'm hoping you could suggest ways to help us. Dan how are you?
1: I'm good how are you?
3: I'm good.
1: Uh, So thanks for your call Sure. sure. and your question. So how long was it uh, conflict and slap faces and hot sex? (laughs)
3: Um,
1: About two years. And what what helped you make the transition or you know into a more sort of stable loving open honest and sexually stultifying relationship?
3: Uh, Well, the first thing was he finally ended the other relationship that he was in. Ah. Um, And the other thing...
1: So um, while you were competing for his affections with some other mysterious woman, you were just fucking horny as hell. Yeah. Okay.
3: But the other piece of it, which I think is significant, is we broke up for a little while. And the reason why we broke up was um, that he, one night... um, under the influence of a couple of different substances, he assaulted me. And I had him arrested and, you know, wow. spent a couple of days in jail. And we broke up for a while. But then, you know, he really kind of got his shit together, um, and we slowly got back together. And Did he then, assault
1: you physically or sexually? Uh,
3: just, you know, he just kind of he shoved me across the room and, you know, spit on me. And then he, he actually... In my computer out
1: the window. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, you know... And, and was how much time passed in so. between that incident and your getting back together, just as a separate issue? Like, did um, he get a, help? Like,
3: Yeah, a few months. Um, get, about four months, I think. Did he get help um, for his anger? <laughs> well, you know, not formally, but, um, I mean, he's not generally that kind of a person.
1: And how long um, ago was that?
3: That was March, not this past March, but the March before.
1: Okay, so it's been a while and there's been no further incidents of physical abuse or crazy fucking psycho behavior.
3: No, nothing even close.
1: Okay, so we're going to set that issue aside then and I'm not going to say...
3: But, well, here's here's the way that, that I think it's sort of related is that... Before that incident, we sort of, you know, we were okay with, like, taking things through a little bit of a, a more rough place, but then the reality of there actually having been a real assault, you know, where it was not just play,
1: has made him and then suddenly
3: of, it's like... So he's sort of, he's guilt-ridden
1: and, and gun-shy now. I think so. He's afraid to treat you in consensual ways that physically resemble the way he treated you that once in a non-consensual fashion
3: yeah
1: and so there's that hump you have to get over right <laughs> yeah. so I think there's two things at work here um, you know we evolved not in sort of perfectly matched heterosexual straight couples uh, you know one relationship at a time we evolved in an atmosphere of sexual competition, and one of the things that women seem to find arousing about men is that other women have them and that there's, you know, there's that famous sense of competition that women have with each other and women dress often not to attract men but to uh, you know out of a sense of competition and one upsmanship with other women and women Mm -hmm. scrutinize other women and there's all this like these emotional sort of psychosexual dynamics between women when they're in competition for a man so you need to look to your own issues and, like, whether part of what made you the animal that you were with him when the, he was seeing more than one person was that.
3: Yeah, that could there could be something there,
1: definitely. And then there's the issue of re-eroticizing rough play after that incident.
3: Yeah, I mean, anything that's even remotely sort of degrading to me or you know what I mean he just he has a real problem with it but at the same time that's still kind of where I think you know where it's at for him
1: is it that is that where it's at for you
3: um you know I'm a little lukewarm on it but I'm not I mean I'm I'm game for just about anything
1: so where's he at on all this when you guys talk about your problem or do you acknowledge that your sex life has kind of gone into the toilet
3: since you got back together (laughs) You know, he blames it on, because I went off birth control, um, and so he kind of, you know, he blames it on, like, the condoms and, you know, oh, well, I was was thinking about it, but you seemed like you, you know, it's always like, oh, you seemed like you, you know, weren't going to be into it, so I didn't try anything. You know, it's like, I think we're in this, like, abject laziness.
1: Sounds like a negative feedback loop. Yeah. You want to be taken. You want him to be aggressive again. You want to feel like he wants it, and you want him to go for it. And he's on pins and needles because he's always going to feel like he's on probation with you after that incident that landed him in jail. Yeah. You know, there's only the only, the only way to get over this hump, uh, besides you know you you could eliminate the whole condom thingy job by going on birth <laughs> control or. Inco- you know, incorporating non-penetrative sex as a part of yeah. your routine, and and not as a consolation prize, but something you enjoy and look forward to, um, is to acknowledge these issues and throw them on the table in a really explicit manner with him.
3: Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, it Have you given too. him permission to be who he is sexually, who he was before sexually, even after that incident?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And it hasn't
1: had the. It hasn't worked.
3: I mean, not really. He talks about feeling guilty about it
1: afterwards. Slap him when he does.
3: <laughs> and the other thing, too, is that, you know, like, because I don't get off with just having sex. I mean, I can't have an orgasm during just sex. And, you know, I'm fine with that at some point. Do you mean just done. during
1: vaginal intercourse? Yeah. exactly. Okay. Sorry.
3: And, um,. And, you know, I'm fine with that And sometimes, you know, before or after We do other stuff and I can get off And that's totally cool But sometimes, you know, we just have sex He gets off and I don't And I'm totally fine with that too But he seems to have this, like, guilt complex About that as well And and it's kind of sucks for me, you know, it's sort of like, if you had your, you know, your favorite dessert that you loved, but then there was this other dessert that you really, really liked, and somebody said, like, well, you know, but it's not that your favorite, so you can't have it, Uh you know, that's kind of where, where we're at, where it's like, but I really like, you know, just having sex with, you know, not getting off, that's fine, But somehow, he's just like, well, if you don't, then I feel too,
1: you know... Oh, my God, he sounds so whipped. (laughs) By himself, not by you. I'm not saying saying you're whipping him. I'm saying he sounds so sort of crushed and defeated. And, you know, part of me wants to, like, lay out a million different things he could do. And part of me wants to ask, like, are you the person he should be with? Because of that incident. Like, he may never get past that. That feeling of being on probation, that feeling of having crossed a line with you. You know, he has to learn how to recognize the difference between, you know, the kind of rough sex that he enjoys, that you guys enjoyed before, and what he did. They're two different things. Yeah. You know, what he did was abuse and and domestic violence, and it wasn't sex. It was violence. Rough sex isn't violence. It's rough sex. It's still, if it's consensual consent is the magic ingredient it's the magic fucking pixie dust that turns even the craziest fucking sex into love making (laughs) you know what i mean and he has to get there and i wonder will he ever be able to get there with you
3: well i don't think it's like i think it's something that he will carry with him you know no matter what relationship he's in i mean i don't know really for sure but I mean when when all that happened we weren't in any kind of a sexual situation
1: it was just right right we but yeah fighting. you wonder if he'll always carry that with him but you know what he may always see that when he looks at you when he sees you looking at him he may be looking at you going she's looking at me and worried that I may do that again so with someone else you might have that same problem I'm not like telling you to break yeah. up I'm just telling you this no, might be no. unsolvable <laughs> and now let's try to solve it
3: well, I want to know how to solve our our laziness.
1: Your laziness.
3: Yeah, because I feel like that's really like right now, kind of the biggest problem is the fact that you know we'll we'll both we both are thinking about it, and then we just you know go to sleep.
1: You're both thinking about sex and then you give up <laughs> yeah. and go to sleep. Well, you need to he you need to say to him. Oh, she had him on the phone too. He needs to stop imposing a really male idea about sex onto you. When you say you don't get off, you get off on it. You didn't have an orgasm. You still enjoyed it. Right. When you have just vaginal intercourse and he has an orgasm and you had a good time, you still had fun. You still kind of got off in your way. Mm -hmm. You didn't have an orgasm. You'll have an orgasm next time. You'll have an orgasm in the morning. Right. Like he should wake up in the morning and eat your pussy and send you off to work with an orgasm in your pocket, right? (laughs) Right. Like you yeah. And he shouldn't have an orgasm then. Like, you guys can, you, you can, it can roll in and out. Like, people don't always have to come every time. Right. Male or female, gay or straight. Every time you two people get it on, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I didn't come, I got gypped. You know what yeah. I mean? There's pleasure yeah. in giving pleasure. There's also pleasure in taking pleasure without a climax. And he yeah. needs to wrap his fucking head around that and stop letting his sense of, oh, she didn't have an orgasm, inhibit him. Mm -hmm. And you need to really explicitly draw it out for him and perhaps talk with with a couples counselor or a sex counselor, draw out for him the difference between the violence and the sex that you used to have that was seemingly violent, that had a violent sort of erotic frosting on it but wasn't violence it was sex right with some power exchange and some throwing around that you know he enjoys and you enjoyed his enjoyment of it and your game and he's got to ramp back up and stop being so self-conscious about it and stop living forever at that moment when he lost his shit because if you're going to take him back you're forgiving him for that moment right yeah he's got to forgive himself for that moment or this relationship isn't going to work out you should make him listen to the podcast and hear me say all that because it's really it sounds like it's (laughs) really (laughs) it sounds like it's he it sounds like it's him that needs to hear all this
3: yeah Yeah, perhaps you're right
1: so tell him i tell him i said so time to a chair slap his face put the headphones on make him listen to the podcast and send me a picture a still picture (laughs) not a moving image right okay okay thank you bye uh hey
4: dan i'm a 21 year old straight female and I'm dating a 25-year-old straight guy. He's great. Loves him to death. It's been, you know, five months. And he's great at everything he does in the sack. However, he doesn't do all that much. Um, I'm really kinky. I like to be tied up. I like to be spanked. I want to tie him up. I want to spank him I as an exhibitionist streak. And he won't touch it with a stick. I would even be willing to sacrifice this if he would be willing to go down on me. As he gets oral sex at least, you know, once or twice a day from me, no complaints. I love doing it. I'm good at it. Um, I guess the problem just comes down to baggage. Every time I say, let's do something, I hear the same story about how another one of his girlfriends fucked it up for him. Um, If I say, how about you go down on me? It's, well, I don't do that. Why not? Well... The first time I did it, I was dating a hippie, and, you know, she she didn't shower very often. She didn't shave. It was a horrible experience. I could never do it again. And I'm like, well, you know, I do shave, and I do shower, and I have, I have lots of fruit in my diet. You'll love it. Just give me a chance. I'm not that girl. And, uh again, it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't so many things that he seems to have baggage about. I wouldn't, you know i break up with them, but everything else is fantastic. The vanilla sex is great. You know, the emotional stuff is great. It's just I don't know how to combat the baggage per se. So it's, uh, it's getting really frustrating because I really just want to tie him up and beat his ass. And I don't know if it's in a good way or in a bad way anymore.
1: Hey, it's Dan. How are you?
4: I'm
1: great. How are you doing? Uh, good. That's the cheesiest hey, it's Dan. I think I've ever uh, managed to say out loud. I just listened to your call, uh, your, and, and I felt like I had to call you and stage an intervention.
4: All right. <laughs> because
1: you need to dump this guy. And I know that the problem with a lot of advice columns is to always like, always dump, always dump, that's always the solution. But you know what? He's, there's a toxic uh, thread, strain. In, that this guy has, that you have to identify and flee from, which is he's shifting all responsibility for his sexual, his very limited sexual repertoire onto women. He's blaming you know, all these past girlfriends, hippie chicks who smelled, and this bad experience and that bad experience. He's putting it all on these people, all on this baggage, you say, that he has from previous sexual relationships you know if every time you had a bad experience or a little hit a little bump in the road it eliminated something from your sexual repertoire forever you by the time we were 30 we would not be even masturbating anymore because it, it we just like one by one you go i had my first bad oral sex experience i guess i'm done with oral sex now it's just not the way people work sexually. What he's doing is he's saying, I have a really limited sexual repertoire, I have these very limited tastes, and I refuse to take responsibility for them, and I'm going to blame the women I'm dating, or have dated, for them. For my for my tastes, for my limited sexual repertoire, for how ungiving a lover I am. That's bad. Because it's not just going to be about sex, that he does those sorts of things, ultimately. You know? That's a bad sort of uh, that that's a big fat fucking red flag. Because if he's doing it now about sex, if you stay with him, he's going to do it later about finances, about careers, about children. And with you know, and if you stay with him forever, you're going to be ultimately the only punching bag around. You know? Yeah. If he stays with you forever, you're going to be the one who's to blame for you know everything. Because he can't blame the girlfriends he dated before for career choices, family choices finances, it's going to end up being you. It's just a really bad sign when someone can't take any responsibility for who they are sexually and shifts all the blame onto past partners. Just the fact that he's not giving. You know what I mean? Yeah. That he wants his needs met. He has a certain, you know, very limited set of sexual acts that he enjoys and you're willing to do all that for him and he's probably aggressive about getting his needs met but your needs are like oh no I can't go down on you because I the first time I went down on a girl was a hippie chick that's just bullshit
4: and you, it's very it's everywhere it's, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm horny and I try to initiate it and he's tired if I masturbate then which I figure is fine because you don't always want to wake up at 3 in the morning and have sex that's cool but if I proceed to masturbate then just so I can get the fuck back to sleep um, he gets angry he yeah he gets angry because he had a girlfriend that was anorgasmic and Ugh. she you know that was that was what she did a lot because that was as close as she could get and so he always took it as I'm a bad lover why am I not enough blah,
1: blah, run blah. So. from him you don't live with him yet, do you?
4: No, 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 no. No, no, no. no.
1: You need to dump this motherfucker yesterday. DTMFY. You really do. This is that's even, you know, he doesn't even want her to masturbate. I'm telling the tech savvy youth who can't hear what we're saying right now. That's just controlling bullshit. And you know what? You're blowing him twice a day? You're kinky? You're into bondage and you want to be spanked and you want to tie up a guy? And so do you have any idea how in demand you are? Do you have any idea how rare the, like, you're 23? Uh, 21. You're 21? Oh, my God. You're a 21-year-old kinky woman who's very articulate about her desires, and you sound, like, upbeat and fun about them, and giving as hell. You can write your own fucking ticket. (laughs) Advertise. Put up a couple of website personal ads. That are, you know, as explicit and sort of charming about your desires as you've been on the the call and in this conversation. And you will have your pick of boys. You will have to beat them off repeatedly.
4: (laughs) When you put it that way.
1: (laughs) You know, and some of them are going to be, you know, idiots and geeks and weirdos and not people you want to date. Just like some guys who are only vanilla are those things as well. But you, there's like... The, the, the supply and demand imbalance when it comes to, like, kinky boys and kinky girls is enormous, and it's in the kinky girls' favor. And you can take your fucking pick, and you don't have to settle for a guy who's controlling and misogynist-ick, which is what he is. I'm sorry, you know, now my head's exploding. Like, him telling you that you're not allowed to masturbate when he doesn't want to have sex in the middle of the night because he used to have a girlfriend who was anorgasmic and it undermined his self-esteem about his prowess as a lover. He's a well, lousy fucking lover. And it's like, and
4: it's like I, I, I asked him. I was like, well, what did you do? And he's like, no, we tried, you know, this and this and this. And it's like he wouldn't – he didn't want to use toys because that was impersonal. So he's buying – Herbal supplements for because because, I don't know, I was, I was kind of getting frustrated then. and
1: Herbal and, supplements?
4: Yeah.
1: Unless I'd you, unless you put your herbal supplement in a vibrating <laughs> herbal supplement bag and jam it into your pussy, an herbal supplement is not going to help.
4: Yeah.
1: Clearly, what he wants is a woman that he can dictate the parameters of her sexual expression and limit it. He is controlling and domineering in an unfair, unsexy way, and you should run. Your frustration with him is only going to grow. He's going to this kind of stuff escalates. He will continue to impose new limits and restrictions on your sexual expression if you let him get away with it. Chuck him. However nice he is, however great the vanilla sex is, this is the tip of the iceberg, and it's only going to get worse. But hey, prove me wrong. Stay with him and then call me for two years and tell me that everything's great now. And you can tie him up and masturbate when I you want I don't
0: like. see that
4: happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Oh, goodness. I and mean, it's a bummer. You've got to dump him. And, you know, it's always hard to dump. It's easy to dump someone who's, you know, house on fire, is a total fucking asshole. You know, it's hard to dump people when they're, you know, 80% of the time you like them, but 20% of the time it's this huge nightmare. But you have to be able, you know, and my boyfriend's a nightmare 15% of the time. But I know him well enough now to know that that 15% of the time isn't going to become 30, 60, 80% of the time down the road. But I guarantee you this is going to grow, this problem. Because it indicates a real... misogynistic, again, and that's not a word I throw around frequently, misogynistic streak in him, controlling streak in him. He's threatened by female sexuality and he refuses to take any responsibility for his sexual limitations and blames women. I'm sorry, I'm ruining your day, aren't I? Uh, I mean, sometimes I think when I do this advice thing, I'm actually telling people to do what they knew already that they needed to do and I'm wondering, I just want to ask you in closing now, did you know you needed to dump this guy because of this stuff?
4: I wasn't sure. There was a there was a part of me that was like, you know, maybe there was some way to to get him to just try it. And if he actually tried it again and saw that it wasn't a bad experience, maybe we could kinda lead him into doing some of the some of the BDSM, some of the role playing, some of the, you know uh, exhibitionist stuff. And the other part was is is the friendship and the good vanilla sex worth the frustration?
1: A lifetime of frustration.
4: Shit, when you
1: put it that way. I mean, if you stay with him, it's not like, is it worth this momentary fleeting frustration? No, is it worth a lifetime of this? No, it is not. You're his girlfriend. You're not his shrink. You're not his therapist. You're not there to fix him. He has to arrive at a relationship in a reasonably healthy condition, sexually too. It's not your job to undo the damage and I don't believe him. I don't believe him and you shouldn't either when he says he's had all these bad experiences and that's what's a, that's why he can't do x y and z and that's why he's not giving and that's why he wants to control when and how you masturbate and waka 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 it's not them. They didn't do this to him. He's done this to himself and he just won't take responsibility for it and you need to get the fuck rid of him. And then write your own ticket. Take your pick of the kinky boys. There's lots of them my god my mail if you could read my mail in a week <laughs> Can you you, forward some of that? <laughs> you are valued above rubies or whatever they say in the old testament you are a priceless commodity okay
4: <laughs> alright
1: dump the motherfucker yesterday alright talk to you later give us a call in a couple All weeks right. and let us know how many new kinky boys you have lined up on your dance card alright you will do bye All right, we're going to have to leave it there until next week. Uh, I'm Dan Savage. You've been listening to the Savage Love Cast, the once-a-week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The number here, if you want to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. And if you'd like us to give you a call back, and we would love to give you a call back, please include your phone number and a good time to reach you. Once again, www.thestranger.com savage is where you can find this thing every week. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast, me and the tech savvy at risk youth next week.